Deep pattern downfield, touchdown Miami. What a throw, Devontae Parker. Holy smokes, what a drive. What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and on today's show, we've got a busy, busy show for you. First, the blockbuster draft trades reported on Friday afternoon. We're going to take a look at that from every single angle. Point value, what the new draft position means, the return compensation. Plus, we'll take a look at the last four blockbuster quarterback draft pick trades and a whole lot more on that deal reported on Friday afternoon. Plus, the final of our initial free agency interviews with Duke Riley, Brennan Scarlett, and Adam Butler. All of that and more on this crazy busy edition of the Drive Time Podcast. And how about that start to the weekend? The Schefter bomb of all Schefter bombs if you're a Dolphins fan. After an insane day of trades in the National Basketball Association that brought Victor Oladipo over to the Miami Heat, the Dolphins and Chris Greer are now the ones pulling the Pat Riley and wheeling and dealing with the draft board once again. Another mega trade that results in a flurry of draft picks heading back to the Dolphins in their direction. But before we get to the final of our initial free agent interviews here with Adam Butler, Brandon Scarlett, and Duke Riley, I want to go ahead and take a look at the details of the deals, not deal, deals, plural, that have shaken up this year's draft. We'll weigh the change in potential approach and tell you where things stand and the result of those last four blockbuster draft trades involving quarterbacks at the top of the NFL draft. But first, what happened? Well, Friday in extremely quick succession, it was reported that the Dolphins and Niners had struck a deal to bring San Francisco up to the third pick in this year's draft and Miami with the 12th in next month's draft. And the return for that, it was significant. The Dolphins get the 12th pick in the draft and a first round pick and third round pick in the 2022 NFL draft as well as a first round pick in 2023. And if you look at the old, not exact science of Jimmy Johnson's trade draft value chart, going from the 12th pick to the third pick cost 1,000 points. First round pick stopped being worth 1,000 points at pick number 16, and the 32nd pick, the last in the first round, is worth 590 points. So even if the 49ers won the Super Bowl the next two seasons, you still get back plus 180 points, plus the third round draft pick, which clocks in right around 100 points as well. So give or take nearly a 300 point advantage on that trade. And remember, that's if they won the Super Bowl in back-to-back years. If they are, let's say, the last team out of the playoffs both years, the 18th pick, it would be another 620 points. So call it a plus 920 point trade value advantage for the Dolphins if it is in fact that 18th pick in back-to-back years. Let's go ahead and just use a recent example here. Let's say it's the Texans and you get the 26th pick in one of those drafts and the third pick in one of those drafts. That's a 2,000 plus point trade differential there for some perspective for the Dolphins on that trade down. Then very, very, very shortly after that, and I was actually watching Colin Cowherd on Friday morning for a little bit of background noise as I cared for my sick daughter. Caroline's not feeling the best right now. And he teased on the air after the 49ers trade became 
out there and became public knowledge that there was a possibility about five minutes before Field Yates and the Philadelphia Eagles official account had posted that Miami was coming back up again with another draft trade. This time, the Dolphins parlay the 12th pick and pick 123 and their own 2020 first round draft pick to the Eagles in exchange for the sixth pick in this year's draft as well as number 156, this per ESPN. Now, if Miami wins the Super Bowl, the Eagles come out at about plus 140 on that draft trade. So not a bad day's work in terms of getting the overall value on the way the Dolphins manipulate the draft board on this Friday. And I think there are a couple of things you can glean from this. One, the chart is definitely skewed in price when it comes to going up for the potential quarterback selection. And as Cam Wolf tweeted this early on Friday morning for me on the West Coast, Friday afternoon for you folks out on the East Coast right now, and echoed by Brian Flores and Chris Greer all off season, this trade should really quiet any potential rumblings about moving off a 23-year-old quarterback who went 6-3 and three as a starter in his rookie season. So the Niners coming up to presumably get their guy. We'll find out who that is. I find this entire draft even more fascinating than it already was going into, you know, the month of April here. I think Trey Lance is very nicely built to execute that offense. They run with all the misdirection and window dressing. The added element of the quarterback run could make them a super fun team to watch in the NFC. I'm I'm glad it would be in the NFC. That's a good football team. And Justin Fields brings that too, quite frankly. So the cost of going up for a quarterback is potentially more than a thousand points plus what the draft value chart calls for going up into the range to really dictate which non-quarterback you're going to get. And that is much cheaper than going up for an actual quarterback. But to me, that's what Miami did here. Getting that sixth pick in the draft, pretty reasonable to assume that at least three quarterbacks come off the board before that sixth pick. And I would venture to guess that four do because I think there are four good ones in this class. And if it is all four, then you go one position player and then the Dolphins are up on the clock. So how many non-quarterbacks in this class do you love? Like blue chip talents do you think there are? Because if it's more than one, then I've got some great news for you. At 12, you don't really get to choose your preferred pick of the litter, as it were, especially if that is a skill position player, because my money would be on Cincinnati going offensive line after what happened to Joe Burrow last year, whether that's Panay Sewell or Rashawn Slater or someone else, I couldn't tell you, but that would be my assumption. So we talked about this on the last edition of the Drive Time Podcast. If you want to make dictate the way you build your offense around a draft pick this high, which let's let's call it like it is. I mean, a pick this high in the draft is typically going to be someone that does threaten as a blue chip prospect, a player that's at the top of their game, then maybe you do want to construct an offense around those skill sets because typically that skill set is elite if you're going that high in the draft. So that gives you some some ability and ammunition to go make sure you get the guy you want to build this offense or this defense or whatever it might be around that particular player's skill set and you did it while you got more draft value in return. So The Dolphins pick up an additional third round pick in 2022. And not to mention the first round pick that we own next year is the one that's going to San Francisco. So you get the nice bonus of winning games does not impact your draft stock and another opportunity to have a favorite opponent, which is whoever plays against the team that owns your draft pick, which is this year after being Pittsburgh and Houston for a couple of years is San Francisco. So you get that added luxury as well. And you also get the extra first round pick in 2023 to continue that theme of having someone else's first round draft pick three out of four years with multiple first round picks and eight in total over those four seasons. That's as it stands right now before any other activity goes down from now until draft day. And this all started in earnest with Laramie Tunzel and that 2019 trade that brought over a 2020 first rounder, which turned into Noah Igbenogany and Solomon Kinley and the third pick, which we just rebirthed another litter from, as well as the 36th pick in this year's draft. 
And if you recall that 2016 draft, the one that came with Laramie Tunzel, Kiko Alonso and Byron Maxwell came over in a draft trade to move from 8 to 13 and the eventual selection of none other than Laramie Tunzel. Might have to get Leonardo DiCaprio to play this role for this movie. The way it stacks up now, after all the chaos, you've got this year picks 6 and 18, picks 35 and 50 in the second round, pick 81 in the third round, no fourth round draft choice, 156th in the fifth round, no sixth round draft choice, number 231 and 258 in the seventh round. What a day. And how about some more detail for you before we get to those free agent interviews here? Some blockbuster quarterback trades in the past have looked like this, and this is going back to 2016, that same year the Laramie Tunzel trade turned into what it has now. The Jets in 2018 went from the the sixth pick to the third pick with the Indianapolis Colts, and that turned into Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith, two anchors on their offensive line, Rocky Sin, a damn good young cornerback, Kamoko Ture, a great situational pass rusher, and Jordan Wilkins, a, a productive running back there for the Colts as well. 2018, Bills to the Buccaneers for Josh Allen, Vita Vea, an all-pro level defensive tackle, MJ Stewart, Carlton Davis, a couple of good young defensive backs there. Carlton Davis really came into his own this year at cornerback, and Jordan White had a young safety there for the Buccaneers as well. 2016, the Rams to the Titans for Jared Goff. How about Jack Conklin, who's now in Cleveland playing really good ball at right tackle, has his entire career. Derrick Henry, you know who Derrick Henry is. Corey Davis just got a big contract from the Jets. Jonu Smith just got a big contract from the Patriots. And Austin Johnson, a, a, a productive defensive tackle on that D-line as well. And then 2016, the Browns, Corey Coleman, Sean Coleman, Cody Kessler, Ricardo Lewis, Derek Kindred, Jordan Payton, and Spencer Drango. So three of those four moves for the team that got back in the draft turned out to to get productive players, productive starters, all pros, you know, 2,000-yard rushers just about there in Derrick Henry. So, man, it's it's bites at the apple. I wrote a piece about this for Lockdown Dolphins back at the onset of that Tunsil trade in 2019. It's about the batting average of finding contributing players that played at least, you know, five, six, seven hundred snaps for you. And in my formula on that piece, it was a nice average of around 50%. I think it was like 42% for the Dolphins since 2016, which was a good league average, or better than league average in that regard. And getting this many premium picks gives you a really, really good shot at securing some more young talent to the already youngest roster in the NFL. And did I mention having so many young players on rookie deals creates flexibility and free agency with spending? Did I mention that it gives you flexibility to treat the draft board like your own personal private jet, jet setting up and down the draft board? I mean, what's more evident than that than what happened on Friday? What a day for the Miami Dolphins. Let's go ahead and transition now and jump forward here to our three final interviews with the initial wave of free agent signings with Adam Butler, Duke Riley, and let's go ahead and kick this thing off first here with new Dolphins linebacker, Brennan Scarlett. And joining me now on the Drive Time podcast is new Dolphins linebacker, Brennan Scarlett. Brennan, first time in free agency. How's this experience been for you? Uh, it's, been, it's been great. You know, uh, it was a little, a little stressful not knowing where I was going to land, but at the end of the day, super happy to be here in Miami. Uh, and a part of, of such a historic franchise and, uh, and, and love the direction that, uh, that it's going. I love the mention of the historic franchise. Now, speaking of your football life, it's, you've obviously played your entire life. We've been asking your fellow teammates this question on the podcast here. 
what does football mean to you from the time, you know, thinking about back to your time as a peewee player to now signing your first free agent contract here with the Dolphins? What does that journey kind of meant to you? You know, I think football has meant a lot to me. You know, I personally think and am appreciative of all of the lessons, uh, you know, as it pertains to just my life, you know, that football has taught, has taught me, you know, just understanding the, the importance of perseverance, understanding that life is going to have its ups and downs. Football is going to have its ups and downs, its wins, its losses, you know, the times you're thriving, the times you're not on the field. But at the end of the day, you keep your head down and you keep moving and uh, and you'll, you'll, you'll find success and it. And you'll find happiness in the journey, you know, which I have and, and super grateful for, you know, football to teach me those lessons. And that football life began back in the Pacific Northwest in Portland, Oregon, right? That's right. I wanted That's right. To, yeah, I wanted to ask about that. I'm a, I'm a Northwest guy myself. I'm from the Seattle area. So what was your experience like growing up in the Northwest and then kind of going down to South Florida now? Have you kind of had a big culture shock there with the weather and everything? <laughs> uh, first off, Pacific Northwest, uh, Beautiful part of the country, beautiful part of the world. Uh, I love it there. I love I love Portland. Uh, spend the majority of my off seasons there. You know, still got my family, friends out there. Um, coming out here to South Florida, first thing I noticed is it's a little warmer out here, man. <laughs> that sun is shining. You know, uh, you know I'm in a I was in a short sleeve button down. It was a little different out in Portland right now. You know, you gotta you gotta layer up out there. So that was one of the first things I noticed. I'm in the hoodie, man. I brought, like, two hoodies with me when I came down there for the season. I don't think I used any of them ever, so you, you, you'll get used to it real quick. <laughs> At least you had that Houston bridge to kind of get you more acclimated after, you know, spending all your time in the Northwest. Um, speaking of your time back home, I read that you were a big swimmer in high school. Oh, you did, oh, you did your research. Of course. Of course. <laughs> of course I did. The reason I wanted to ask you is because you might, you might show up thinking I'm the only guy 260-plus that can get in the pool, but we've got an offensive lineman, Solomon Kinley. His name is the Big Fish. He was a, a lifeguard growing up, so maybe you guys can, can have battle for swimming pool supremacy here in the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, we might need to do that, have a little, uh, have a little race and training camp or something. I don't know. I'm a, my 50-yard freestyle was, was, was pretty good. Oh, man, I'm looking forward to that. He'll definitely bring it up to you because he, he loves talking about it. That's, that's awesome to hear. A um, little more personal stuff here with you, with you, Brandon. I wanted to ask you about the Big Yard, uh, your foundation. Can you just tell us a little bit about what that is and, and what you're trying to accomplish? Yeah, so the Big Yard Foundation is one that I, I started in 2018, uh, surrounding around community empowerment, you know, especially underserved and, and the underprivileged communities, uh, trying to give back and, and support them through literacy, uh, creativity, and physical wellness. So uh, we do a couple events uh, every year, usually around the summertime. We'll do a, start off with the dodgeball tournament, which uh, my team, the Big Yard Bandits, we've yet to win uh, a dodgeball tournament. Um, and we'll do it. We do a march for Juneteenth. Um, and then we turn around, we raise that money, and basically we'll host book fairs and do other, have other partnerships with other local nonprofits and elementary schools just to you know, to promote literacy and, and, and get some excitement um, around education for the kids. Yeah, that's a really cool project. I, I had a chance to read up on it a little bit here, but definitely going to have some opportunities in South Florida to get involved. We have the 5,000 Role Models, Football Unites, plenty of stuff to get involved around here as well as your foundation we can help support. And we'll get out to the fans as well so they can get involved in that regard. So you come over from Houston, and we talk about your background here with the Big Yard and, and growing up in the Northwest, but you're joining two more teammates here from the Houston Texans with – 
uh, Bernardrick McKinney and Will Fuller. What can you tell us about those two guys and how happy you are to kind of reunite with them here in South Florida? Oh, man. Two of, two of my favorite guys. Um, both just, just great people, um, great teammates. You know, they love the game of football. Um, you know, you couldn't ask for, for I couldn't ask for a better, a better couple of guys to, to come on with me um, from, from Houston. Um, so B Mac, as we call him, and uh, and Will, I, I call I call Will Junior. Uh, he, he tried to get me to go away from that nickname, but uh, I call him Junior because he um, rookie year he would always eat he was always eating Skittles for like breakfast. <laughs> like bro, <laughs> you eat like a child. So I started calling him Junior. He's moved away from those, his Skittle days, but his nickname is stuck. That's how it goes. Usually the guys get to the league. They're used to their college diet. They can eat whatever they want. And then you have to learn that maybe maybe you have to take a little bit better care of yourself at this level because uh, there's some finely tuned athletes on the other side of the football. Over That's that's a great story. I want to ask you one more football question here because I found this highly fascinating, Brennan, talking about doing your, my background on you. First ever Cal to Stanford transfer. First ever Stanford transfer. Was that like going from Hatfields to McCoys, man? Was that like going from what? Like the Hatfields and McCoys, like the great rivalry, the family rivalry. Like you went from like oh, yeah. the biggest one to like that's that the the fans on the field, Cal Stanford. Like I'm thinking that's that's a tough rivalry to cross the fence on. It was tough, man. Uh, there was a lot of a lot of Golden Bears were not happy with me. Um, the Cardinal was happy with me. It was uh, it was a it was a I mean both places. You know, Cal was a, a great. Uh, university, uh, great football program, and, and Stanford was the same. So grateful to have had that experience. Uh, I was able to to transfer over and, and win a Rose Bowl, play with some some great dudes, you know, guys I would call lifetime friends at Stanford, and, and also was able to play a season with my little brother um, who was coming in as a freshman into Stanford. So uh, there was a little family element to the whole thing as well. That's really cool. That's, I didn't know that part of the story. It makes it way better. One more question for you here. Um, we've asked every one of your new teammates, is there, and we talked about swimming, maybe it is in the pool or in the lake, whatever it might be, but is there a hobby or a guilty pleasure? One thing we have to know as Dolphins fans about Brennan Scarlett, our new linebacker, what's one thing we have to know? I do like to swim, but my uh, guilty pleasure of mine is I love to thrift shop. Uh I would rather, I'd rather go buy some old school vintage Dolphins gear than some, you know, designer stuff. I like, you know, I like the one of one exclusive vintage gear. Uh, so that's one of my first, uh, after I find out where I'm going to stay here, uh, I'm going to start looking for those, uh, my, my thrift divers. I'm sure you can ask around and get some get some tips on that. Uh, th- we have some of the best vintage gear here with the Dolphins. I tell people all the time the reason I became a Dolphins fan as a kid was because I had one of those big starter jackets, the big bright aqua and orange. You could see me from space, man. It was it was awesome. Uh, Brennan Scarlett, new Dolphins linebacker. Appreciate your time today, man. I really uh, appreciate you coming on here and, and taking time out of your day to do this. And we'll talk to you soon, man. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you. And there he goes, Brennan Scarlett. Let's go ahead and stay inside that linebacker room and go to another free agent acquisition and Duke Riley. And joining me now on the Drive Time Podcast is another new Dolphins linebacker in Duke Riley. Duke, first time here in free agency, signed with the Dolphins. How does it feel, man? How was the experience for you? Feels great, man. I feel like I'm at home. You know, I landed on the plane. I seen uh, boats. I seen water. I felt like I was at home. You know what I mean? In a great place, great city, um, great organization. You know, 
just can't wait to be out here with the guys and see what's next. You know what I'm saying? Let's go ahead and follow up there because I, you know, did some research and heard that you were a big time fisherman. Just tell us about it, man. Like you're down there, open waters. That's that's your that's your home, right? Yeah, oh yes, sir. Um, you know, um, all my life I wanted to uh, have my own charter business. Um, last year during um, the COVID pandemic, I finally had the time um, to, you know, start my own business and my own charter company. It's called Bayou Bingo Charters. Um, they call it LSU the Bayou Bingles. So I'm by being with charters, um, uh, you know, everything's purple and gold. I try to keep that Louisiana uh, tradition going. And uh, it's been going really well. You know, um, I'm building a new boat that's going to be done in, a, in a, like another month. That's going to really you know, take my business to the next level. You know, um, we're doing trips every day, you know, year round. So it's uh, it's a very exciting thing for me and my family, you know, and, um, and everyone who wants to just be a part of my process and, you know, you know, and come fishing with me. <laughs> I, so I want to ask you, I'd be down because I'd love to do that, but I'm wondering, you're the expert here. Is there a way to get rid of like seasickness? Cause I get on a boat, man. I can't handle it. I'm done right away. You got to take some drama, man. Okay. A little <laughs> medicine. That, that's the only way I can say, but other than that, I mean, that's the worst feeling in the world when someone's <laughs> seasick. And the worst part about it is, you know, I'm, cause I've, I've, I happened to me once in my life, you know what I mean? And when you're going out there, they're not about to be like, all right, we're going to go back because this guy's sick. Yeah, <laughs> you you're done, you're out there all so, <laughs> Exactly. Uh, it, you know, it's just part of what that uh, drama mean definitely will help you with that. I promise you, you won't even feel the thing. I went on a deep sea excursion with my wife on our honeymoon, and I had to lay on the deck the whole time. It was uh, brutal, man. Brutal. I can't. It's miserable. That's a miserable feeling. <laughs> it is. It is. So um, that might be part of the reason why your answer for my next question here. But why the Dolphins? Why did you choose to come here and play with Miami and Coach Flores and this team and this staff? Why did you choose the Dolphins? I just I love what they were doing here. You know, um, I had a few uh, former teammates that I played with in college that I played here. They loved it. Um, I mean, it's a beautiful city. Um, uh, like I said, a great organization, um, and I like I like what they're doing. They're building, they're building up, and they're up and coming. I'm up and coming. I look at myself like you know, an up and coming guy with a lot to prove. You know, and I feel like that's what we all have to do. You know. Have you had a chance to meet with Coach Flores yet? And what's your initial impression? Maybe compared to what you've heard about Coach Flores throughout the league, uh, what was that interaction like with you and Coach? I uh, met with him and everything. Um, from meeting with him, everything added up. Great guy, great coach. He's He's very um, transparent. He was going to be honest, which is going to tell you, you know, the truth. And, um, you know, I, 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 she looked like he can still play a little bit. I don't know. He looked like he can be out there right now. You know what I mean? And, uh, but I just, I just can't, uh, I can't wait to, to play for him. You know what I mean? He seems like uh, someone that I would love to play for. Someone that I would, you know, who's going to get the best out of everyone, you know. And that's, that's what I want out of a coach and out of everyone, you know. Now, I do want to talk about your defense here in one second, Duke, but when Coach first came into the league, he was a, a special teams assistant. It matters a great deal to him, as I'm sure you know. And doing some background on you, Duke, one of the cool things I saw was that you got traded to Philadelphia in 2019 and were named a team captain in season. Can you talk about that experience and how your leadership kind of made its way into that locker room so quickly? Well, it was just um, it was a fresh start, you know, kind of like this is for me. And, uh, and a fresh start's always... You know, good. Um, that's why it's kind of great for me to be in a place like Miami and fresh start. Um, and I just, you know, when I was at LSU, only I played three years and I was, all I did was special teams. And um, I knew going into the Eagles organization, I had to prove myself. And the quickest way to do that was through special teams. And I was, I was I've done that, you know, at LSU for three years and, and I was doing it in Atlanta too. And I, I just knew what I was capable of. And I just, I went all in, you know, I'm, I've been all in ever since, you know, I, 
um, I got traded. So it was like kind of like a turning point in my career where I was either, this was going to either make me or break me, you know? So I had to, like I said, I had to go all in and I, I just take, I just take things day by day. I don't never look ahead. And I'm not even, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I know the coaches are going to put me in the best position where they want to put me at. And I just want to um, continue to just, you know, do what I've do what I've done and put out what I put out. Now I won't ask you to talk too much more about yourself because I can tell you it's not really your thing. But you know, <laughs> when it comes to snap count, you played a lot more on defense the last couple of years, and I'm I'm curious what are the Dolphins getting here when it comes to Duke Riley, the linebacker on defense. They're going to get you know a guy that's going to bring in energy, a guy who's going to um, take shots, a guy who's going to make some plays in space, a guy who's you know who's going to just. Be yourself. I mean, I don't. I don't want to make any predictions. I won't make any. I just. I just know I'm gonna. When I'm out there, they're gonna. I'm gonna always give my best. You know, that's all I can give. Whether it's at practice, whether it's in the meetings, whether it's, you know, walking into the building. I always just want to give my best and give my all for, whether it's on defense or special teams or, at practice or it, like I said, it doesn't even matter. You know, I just want to give my all because that's all I got, got to give. So before you came on the podcast, we started recording here, Duke. I asked you about the Senior Bowl experience way back when you were at in down in Mobile. We talked about your hair, and you mentioned I, I'm not going to let it out yet. So does that mean we might get a chance to see the hair, you know, flowing on game day or something like that? Oh yeah, for sure. It's, next time I'm out here, you're definitely going to be seeing it. I just okay. got it. I got it up right now, but uh, it's definitely a part of me. I think that's my biggest attribute. <laughs> uh, I love my hair. Uh, I love everything about it. I mean, some people might not like it, but it's who I am. It's a perfect, um, you know, example of me, you know. What do you think? Best hair on the squad? By far. <laughs> <laughs> Easy enough. I love it. I haven't it. even seen everybody. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I'm just, I'm just messing you're gonna have a good competition there with a uh, fellow linebacker Andrew Van Ginkle. We we gave him a hard time I, I all season him, long. I, I but... see him. I see him. We gonna see. We gonna see. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh, he, no. He's he's he rocks <laughs> it, man. It looks good, especially when he ran that 80 yard touchdown for us last year. It was flowing out the back. It was a thing of beauty, man. You guys, you're gonna have to match that and get on that level with him with the 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 locks and the wind down there at Hard Rock Stadium. It's it's all good stuff, man. Uh, one more question for you here, Duke. We talked about your fishing a little bit, but I'm wondering, is there another maybe guilty pleasure or a hobby or something like what's one thing we have to know about duke riley as dolphins fans i'm sorry what's what's one thing that dolphins fans need to know about you i'm always be me you know i'm um i'm gonna gonna try to be as consistent as i can be you know um and i I give out love you know i mean i treat everybody like uh, i want to be treated i look at you like you're me you know um and that's the way i live you know i don't really you know I don't want to be anyone else. I just want to be myself and I just want to give out what I want in life, you know, and that's just nothing but love. And I just want everybody to, yeah, I just want to win. That's perfect. <laughs> so that's why I'm here. Yeah. You, you mentioned, that simple. You mentioned uh, some college teammates on the team here, but I also wanted to ask you before we get you out of here, LSU and Alabama, you know, Tua Tungavailoa, Raekwon Davis, and Robert Foster. I mean, what's it going to be like when Bama and LSU kick off? Is that going to be a, a heated locker room? As always, a heated locker room. Every time it's LSU and Alabama, oh, I don't hear the last of it. But you know, I was I was fortunate enough um, not this past season, but the season before that to you know be up on them. But they up on us right now. So yeah. this year, hopefully, we'll be up on them. Uh, I think we will. It's always <laughs> fun to watch, especially getting around the guys and the and the arguments those oh, yeah. those ensue. It's it's fun stuff. Duke Riley, new Dolphins linebacker. Duke, really appreciate your time today, man. I know you're busy and you got a lot to do today. So uh, best of luck this season. Stay healthy, and we'll talk to you soon, man. Appreciate it. Thank you.
and away he goes, and that leaves us with one more here. New Dolphins defensive lineman Adam Butler. Big fan of this guy's game, as I am the other two we just spoke to. Let's go ahead and jump in here to Adam Butler, your new Dolphins defensive lineman. And joining me now on the Drive Time Podcast is new Dolphins defensive lineman Adam Butler. Adam, I got to ask you, man, I've, I've done a few of these today now. I think you might have the drip belt uh, coming your way from, from what I'm looking at. Oh, yeah, man. You know I had to come I had to come prepared, you know. It's, 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 it's all business today, isn't it? Yep, all business. All business. Well, we're, we're getting you in here. Happy to talk to you and, and get a chance to meet you. And, and one of the things I've been asking, you know, your teammates here that have just signed with Miami is, you know, football is obviously a very big part of a professional football player's life from youth to professional, but I just want to kind of get your take on, on what has football meant to you in your life? Um, really, I, I, I really don't uh, know anything else but football, you know. I mean, ever since I was seven years old, I've been playing football, you know, and <clears throat> I've dreamt of being in the position that I'm in now, you know. Um, and it's been a great ride for me, and, you know, hopefully I got a lot more football ahead of me. That's what we're thinking here in Miami as well. You come down and you reunite with a former coach of yours, a couple of former coaches with Brian Flores and, and Josh Boyer, the defensive coordinator now. What can you tell us about your relationship with Coach Flo and how how did that kind of make the decision to come here maybe easier or made, made the decision for you? Yeah, well, uh, Coach Flo, first of all, you know, he's he's a great man, uh, you know, and he's, you know, he's about the work, you know, and so am I, you know, so... Uh, we definitely have the same mindset, you know, and the same work work ethic uh, in that sense, you know, and that, that kind of inspired me to uh, to come here, you know. Uh, me and him, you know, we have our own little relationship, um, you know, and, and I was just looking forward to coming here. And so you've had a chance to play against this Dolphins team with Coach Flores at the controls now for what, four games, two years back-to-back, and I believe the two sides have split both those games. What's your uh, what's your opposing scouting report on this Dolphins team? Like, what did you take away from playing this Dolphins team four times the last two years? Uh, I would say um, you guys are always, well, now us, but at that point you guys were always uh, unpredictable in the second game. It's, it was like, it was always like night and day. You know, the first team would be one team, and then we come back, you know, in the second half of the season, it's like, whoa, who is this team, you know? Um but I've definitely enjoyed playing this organization, and now, you know, I'm here, you know, and I'm ready to bring my talents to this place. That's kind of part of Coach's message, right? Like, you want to be a better team in December than you were in September. That's that's something he's preached a bunch, I'm sure, to you, right? Right, yeah, well, that's why that's probably why y'all were so different. <laughs> there you go, yeah. To playing you guys in September, then in December, it's, a, like you mentioned, two different teams that, that, that square off in those games. And, and speaking of playing with, with Coach Flores and coming down here to Miami, you know, Adam, watching your tape, man, you play all over the place, multiple spots. We've got just defensive lineman here on the roster. What's the key to being able to play multiple positions on the defensive line? Well, I just, um, uh, whatever, you know, the coaches tell me to do, I do it, you know. Uh, and basically my mindset is just whatever it takes to win, you know. So if you need me in this spot, you know, I'll make the adjustment. If you need me in that spot, I'll make the adjustment, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, every team wants to win. So I'm, I'm on that train all day. When it comes to the, the work on the football field, I should say, what is one thing that makes you really stand out, you think, at that position on the interior defensive line? What's a trait that really makes your game stand out? Um, I would say just, uh, you know, my quickness out the ball. You know, I, I take a lot of pride in that. 
Um, and I would say just my understanding of, you know, the offensive side of the ball in particular, uh, the protection, you know, and what certain teams like to do. You know, as, as a defensive lineman, uh, it's important to know, uh, you know, what the offensive line is trying to do. And, you know, by knowing that, then you understand what you have to do. Um, you know, and I try to instill that in anybody else that I'm, uh, you know, playing alongside as well. You mentioned your quickness, your explosiveness off the snap. I was I was looking at some of your combine metrics, which, you know, you probably haven't done a broad jump in four years, but I saw that you jumped 110 inches in the broad jump. That's that's the lower body explosivity right there, right? That's where that all comes from. Oh, I guess so. <laughs> so, yeah, when I, when I do pull up that tape, you know, I watch – I watch you uh, rush the passer from that zero tech or that one tech, and man, it's it's fun to watch. And I'm curious, what is what is the job of that that position in this defense when you are head up over the center? What's your number one goal when you're you know rushing the passer from that zero tech or that one tech spot? Well, be disruptive. Be as disruptive as you can. You know, uh, basically mess stuff up if you want to keep it PG. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Perfect. So you mentioned you've you've been down here, you know, every year to play the Dolphins in South Florida. Uh, what's your what's your experience or your your takeaway from South Florida? Are you excited to get down to the area? Loving that weather? Like, what's your general South Florida uh, opinion so far? Well, I mean, when I hear Florida, I always think of palm trees, and I mean, there's plenty of them to go around. Um, I love it. You know, they're beautiful, um, and the weather's really nice. You know, it's kind of better than being cold all the time. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that for sure as well. Uh, one more thing I wanted to ask you here, Adam, is we've been asking all your teammates this about what's the one thing that fans might not know but need to know about Adam Butler when it comes to off the football field, whether it's a guilty pleasure, like maybe an obscure hobby. What's the number one thing we got to know about you away from the football field? Uh, well, I'm a country boy at heart. Um, I like the outdoors. I love fishing. Um, I have my own pond, you know, so I go, you know, I go out to my pond, you know, go fishing. Um, as a matter of fact, I just stocked it with uh, Florida largemouth bass, uh, and they're huge. They're actually starting to spawn and breed right now, so uh, this time next year I'll really be pulling them out. That sounds like a good time. So you mentioned that. I'm going to have to go ahead and float this idea your way. Your not only teammate but position mate now in Zach Sealer, one of our defensive linemen here, he owns a free-range gator farm where they can hunt gators and hogs and stuff. So Ooh, nice. maybe up your alley? Yeah, yeah, I might have to get on that. Yeah, he's he's taking a couple of the guys out there. I know it's it's been different because of COVID, but man, when when things kind of clear up here, maybe that's uh maybe that's your first stop on South Florida tourism. <laughs> yeah. All right, Adam Butler, your new Dolphins defensive lineman. I appreciate your time today, man. I know you're busy, got lots of stuff going on. I uh, appreciate you coming on the podcast and spending some time with us. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. And there he goes, Adam Butler. That's a wrap on our free agent interviews here, at least for that initial wave. We are all caught up on every single new edition here with your Miami Dolphins. As for this edition of the Drive Time Podcast, that's going to be my time. We're going to get in some more draft content for you guys this week and in the future. Got Ben Fennell coming up here on the Wednesday edition of Drive Time. Don't want to miss that. We're going to talk about potential prototype fits at positions of need for the Dolphins. Talk about some sleepers in the draft. A great podcast coming your way on Wednesday. Until next time, that's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank and the Audible Podcast. And, of course, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up.